right, welcome to Hobby Time with Dirk Nashti. My name is Keith. I go by Dirk Nashti on Twitter and Discord. And, uh, you know, I, I started this podcast basically just to get out some of my thoughts and research some of the things that I, that I do on my own, sort of out of my head on the hobbies that, you know, I enjoy participating in. So primarily right now, especially that's basketball, sports cards, NFTs and digital collectibles and, you know, a little bit in crypto as well. I'm one of those people who just likes data. So I, I do a lot of work for fun, basically trying to gain an edge essentially through, you know, reviewing and pouring through the data and seeing, you know, seeing where there's a, an opportunity. And, you know, I thought I'd share that with, with you all. I would love to hear your feedback and you can always reach me on Twitter at Dirk Nashti or you can email dirtnashtypod at gmail.com and I promise I'll get back to you. All right, so last episode I teased that I wanted to try to put some numbers around unnumbered parallels and base cards as far as print run goes. So these these cards that are not serial numbered that we can try to estimate, you know, how big is that actual population? And I thought I would talk through the my approach, like the the reason why I wanted to do this and what I want to use it for before actually getting into some of the numbers. Um, and I'll start by just saying, why did I want to do this, right? Like one, I thought it would just be interesting to see how prevalent these non-numbered parallels are. We talk about silvers and hollows. I talked a lot about those the last episode. But with uh, no serial numbering, no pack odds, even on the packs, we kind of need an approach to estimate this, right? We have actual, no, as far as I know, there's no actual good, clean, you know, kind of verified estimation of the, the actual print runs that we have for, say, 2019 PRISM. So <clears throat> we needed a, an approach to estimate this. Uh, I'm, now, I'm going to share my estimated print runs, but I want to be clear. These are just estimates, right? There are definitely holes in my approach. This is not, you know, f- foolproof. Um, but I'm, I'm mostly comfortable with the holes that I have, and I'll, I'll call those out as, as we get to them. But the goal here, again, was just to understand roughly how many of each of these cards and each of these parallels are there actually floating around the market today. Um, I also want to answer questions like how different was printing uh, in terms of like Prism, right, from 2017, 2018, 2019, and so on. Now, regarding my approach, just, just a high-level comment, in general... Like the general way that I would sh- I would say it is I use PSA pops to estimate print runs. I've shared this approach with some folks at the the in the Hoops and Cards Discord. Shout out to Gary at Hoops and Cards. And someone pointed me to a similar analysis done, I think it was maybe even a couple years ago now, by using prices rather than pop counts. So neither approach is perfect. I, I chose this approach because it's far easier at any point in time to get PSA pops than it is to get card values. You can just go to the PSA website and get the pop counts versus going to, you know, one of the, you know, data collection sites and trying to get the, the card values. <clears throat> but, but more so than that is for some of these parallels, like it wouldn't be surprising to me to not see a sale for a couple months. Like if I'm looking back three months to find a, a I don't know, a Luca purple prism sale or whatever. Like, I think we all understand that the card market even three months ago was significantly different than it is today. And we would have to normalize that sale price, right, with the movement of the market over the past 90 days. And I don't know, it just seemed like too much work. And 
It also seemed a little bit less stable than the method that I chose. So that, that's why I chose the method, this method. Now I'd certainly recognize there are other um, grading companies, um, but I actually think we're okay kind of using the most popular one and not trying to add in all the others because what I'm doing is taking that, that, that percentage graded with PSA compared to serial numbers. And I'll talk through exactly how, but compared to the serial number print run parallels and just using that to, to estimate what the, the actual population is for non-serial number parallels. So to start, I tracked over 700 PSA pop cards, 700 PSA card populations for 11 rookies across three years, 2017, 2018, 2019. I've mentioned in two episodes in a row now why I'm not looking at 2020 and 2021 rookie class um, and it's just because PSA, the most popular card grading company and by volume, was shut down <clears throat> at a time that made it way more difficult for us to, for, for most people to get 2020 cards submitted through PSA. And even when they came back, the price was significantly higher for a long time, a hundred bucks um, than it was prior to the shutdown, which was you know, I think it was eight to 12 bucks. <clears throat> over the, the couple of years prior. So we're working on limited data. We're going back now a couple of years, uh, but I still think that this is this is really useful, especially since a lot of the players that we're talking about collecting are from 2017, Jason Tatum, right? 2018, Trey, Luca, SGA, Triple J, Miles Bridges, so on, and 2019 as well. So I tried to choose players that um, had were the most likely to have highest volumes of cards submitted for grading in their respective years. I tried to choose sets which were most likely to have the highest volume of cards submitted for grading in those years as well. So we're talking Optic, Prism, Mosaic in 2019, and Select, and so on. I tracked both serial numbered parallels and non-numbered non parallels, as well as base cards for all of those sets. I tracked any parallel where the most, like basically I didn't track every single serial number parallel, right? I'm not, I'm not trying to say like <laughs> how many one of ones were graded. Um, but <clears throat> what, I, what I did do was I chose for the most popular player in that year, if they had around 40 to 50 cards or more graded, then I put it in my, in my data set. So for the most part, this, this ended up being kind of serial numbered parallels around 85 and up, right? So if there's, you know, a serial number of 85, I think one is, one may even be 79, um, where I had enough volume to, to bring it in, but essentially it's essentially like 85 and up. So 85, 99, 149, 199, and so on. I <clears throat> then stratified the graded percentage of these serial numbered cards by like kind of the lowest pop ones. Those are your, you know, zero to a hundred. Um, 100 to 200, 200 to 300, and so on. And not surprisingly, I saw that the lower the print run, the higher the graded card rate. I think this is due to a few reasons. First is regrading, right? So I didn't build in any specific factor for regrading. But, you know, again, this is an estimation, right? I'm certainly not here saying there were exactly 150,000 prism-based cards printed or anything like that. Um, and... <clears throat> For some of the super, super rare stuff, it was probably well worth submitting multiple times, hoping for a higher grade. So if you got a PSA 9 for a, a Luca rookie numbered to 50, right? It was definitely worth your money to crack it, resub it, and do that 
probably multiple times, right? The, the multiplier on a nine to, to a 10, as I shared last week, was somewhere around 3X. You know, if you're talking, let's say 200 to $600, then it's $400 different at the time it took, let's say it's 12 bucks to grade, you know, 15 after shipping cost or whatever. Like you could, you could regrade it many, many times, uh, hoping to get that 10 that you, that would bump your card value up. So I certainly think that happened. Again, I'm not really building in any specific factor, but um, at the same time, I'm also also used percentages that were more towards the higher serial numbered range, which which would be lower graded rate graded card rates. Um, but anyway, so that, that's one of the reasons why I saw that lower print runs had a higher graded card rate, and also, and this is a guess here, but you know, hobby versus retail parallels. I'm guessing that hobby boxes were more likely to be opened or maybe even more likely that hobby boxes that contain more of the super low numbered parallels were more likely to be opened by people who were more likely to grade those cards. So I'm talking about seasoned and well-funded collectors and dealers, right? The people who could go and crack a, a case of prism or a case of optic or whatever. And, <clears throat> send out everything for grading. So for the record, that's not me. <laughs> um, but for example, like this is this is what kind of what my data sheet looks like, right? 2017 Donner's Optic Orange Parallel numbered to 199. Jason Tatum has 87 of those cards graded at PSA. That's a 44% graded card rate. Donovan Mitchell has 54 of those graded. That's a 27% graded card rate. And De'Aaron Fox had a 42 cards graded. That's a 21% graded card rate. So you see, like, even with just these three players in this one parallel that I chose, um, the <clears throat> graded card rate was somewhere between 21 and 44%. So <clears throat> then I, I calculated some rough numbers of the percent of population graded, the graded card rate, based on these serial numbered cards. So only looking at the serial numbered ones. For the most part, they're anywhere between 20 and 45%, like just in that example that I shared. The average was around 36% of these cards were graded, just over one-third. So I chose, I, I then took a percentage and divided the non-numbered cards by the graded card rate to get both a minimum and a maximum. So for example, 2018 Prism Silvers, among the four players that I chose for 2018, that was Luca, Trey, SGA, and Michael Porter Jr., because he has a lot of a lot of cards graded. Um, on average, there were 3,900 Prism Silvers graded in 2018. 2018 Prism Silvers. So among those four players, average of 3,900 cards graded. So I took that 3,900 and divided by 0.2. That's a 20% graded card rate. That's that's on the low end, right? For a max print run of about 19,000. I also took that 3,900 and divided it by 0.32 for a minimum print run of about 12,000. So I think the actual print run is somewhere between 12,000 and 19,000 of 2018 Prism Silvers. Again, these are rough estimates. But <clears throat> based on everything that I've shared so far, like my guess is that the graded card rate is significantly smaller for base cards and non-numbered parallels, right? So in other words, if a collector that pulled both a blue prism numbered to 199 and a silver prism, which is unnumbered, I think that collector is probably far more likely to send the blue 
for grading than the silver. Now they may they may send both, but if if for some reason that person chose to only send one, they would they're far more likely to send that blue since it's uh going it's definitely rarer and it's going to be the more valuable card. Um so so for that reason, essentially the numbers that I'm going to be sharing today will be the max print run estimation. So that's my approach, that's the reason I wanted to get into this. Now uh now let's go through the numbers together. Okay, so I've explained the method. Now I want to spend some time going through the actual print runs that I've come up with. <clears throat> and there's a lot of different ways that we can look at this. I've I've pivoted it a bunch of different ways, and I, I really don't have a best way to look at it. But what, what I'm going to do first is just go through some of the base cards and their populations year by year. So starting with Prism in 2017, my, my estimate for the, the print run for base Prisms is a 45,000. When, when I say print run, 45,000, what I mean is every individual card has 45,000 prints, okay? So a, like a Jason Tatum, you know, rookie, base prism is about one of 45,000. That's my estimation, okay? In 2018, <clears throat> 110,000, and in 2019, 150,000. So when you're comparing like 2017 to 2018, that's more than double the print run. And then from 2017 to 2019 is more than triple the print run. So significant influx or increase in the, in the prism print. Now looking at, at optic, it's a little bit of a different story. In 2017, I'm estimating about 32,000. Uh, in 2018, 34,000. And in 2019, 55,000. So if you notice 2017 and 18, 32,000 versus 34,000 is really not that different at all. Whereas we did see a jump in 2019. But if you compare that to the, like the percentage of, of prisms, <clears throat> you'll see that in 2017, it was much, much closer, right? And actually, I hypothesized that in, last, in my last episode where I compared the prices of 2017 and 2018 prism and optic and prism silvers and optic hollows. And I kind of came to the conclusion that the prints of optic and prism in 2017 must have been closer than, than they were in other years. And that's exactly what we saw here. So going year by year, 2017, 32,000 optics versus 45,000 prism. Okay, it's about two thirds. 2018, 34,000 optics and 110,000 prisms. So that's about one third, a little bit uh, less than one third of the print. And then in 2019, 55,000 optic, 150,000 prism. So again, about, about a third. So I think I actually kind of confirmed the hypothesis, uh, but, but it actually gets a little bit interesting when we talk about silvers and hollows, and I'll talk about that in a second. Uh, but I also want to bring in select as well as mosaic. So in, when I'm looking at select, we're talking about three different levels of base cards, right? Concourse, Premier, and Courtside. And I'll kind of go through all of those now. So in 2017, con starting with Concourse, 2017, 8,000 prints. 2018, 12,000 prints. 2019, 21,000 prints. Now, if, if you're new to the hobby and, and we're looking, you know, buying a lot of 2020 selects, you would have known that it was on the shelves everywhere and there's no way that there could be that few bases. But um, 
before before 2020 select was a a hobby only skew so it actually does make sense right when i'm comparing select to to prism and optic one was only found in hobby boxes and the other were found in retail as well as hobby so 8000 12000 21000 that's the concourse premier 2500 4000 6000 so a similar increase year over year and a similar you know rate of premier to concourse concourse so it's a little bit less than one third uh, of the print for premier than concourse in other words let's just look at 2019 6000 premier 21000 concourse right so it's a little bit more than a one to three ratio or a little bit less, I guess. So one to three and a half or so. In courtside, only 1,000 2017, 1,500 2018, 2,000 2019. And when I, when I look at Mosaic, I saw a, a very large population and Mosaic was its standalone set for the first time in 2019. There were, there were Prism Mosaics in 2017 and 2018, but they were essentially a, a, a subset or a, a parallel of the Prism brand. Um, so I'm not really comparing those year by year, but in 2019, the Mosaic set had 70, roughly 70,000 base cards. So from a base perspective, right, we see like basically the way I, I would rank, rank these four, just looking at 2019 where, where we've got all, all four, there's significantly more prisms than there are mosaics, about double. A few more mosaics than we have optics, and then significantly more optics, mosaics, and prisms than, than there are selects at any level. So adding up all of the, the select, and you, uh, there's no real reason to do this except just to, to make this point, like adding up all of the concourse, premier, and courtside bases, we got about 30,000 select, um, select base cards, which is, you know, a lot less than 55,000, which is kind of the next highest in optic. Now, when we get to parallels, the, you know, again, the whole reason I wanted to do this was just to understand, like, what is the most rare uh, in terms of unnumbered parallels? And I'll, I'll talk through some of the, I'll do, I'll go the same way through some of this, the base sets. I'll go through this, some of the sets and their unnumbered parallels in the same way that I did with the base cards. And then at the end, I'll, I'll probably try to pull it all together. Like we can look at it all year by year, right? And say 2019, you know, Prism, I, I think that's probably what I'll do. I'll, I'll say for John Morant, uh, let's say like if I want the most rare unnumbered parallel like what would i be looking for but for now let me just go over um here are silver i'm sorry here are prism parallels let's start with silver right silver is the you know pretty much the kind of flagship parallel a silver prism it's the one that uh has the highest market cap uh in terms of variations It's the one that has the highest market cap. And uh, when, when we talk about populations, we, we actually see something really interesting uh, in 2019, 18 and 19. So 6,000 to 20,000 to 20,000. And you may say like, could that be right? Is there the same number of 
Prism Silvers in 2018 and 19. I thought you just told me that the print run went from 110,000 base to 150,000 base. Yeah, that's that's exactly what I'm saying. So in 2019, we got a bunch of extra parallels. Though there's Fanatics and uh, and a bunch of other ones. So I think the the rarity of Prism Silvers compared to the base actually increased, meaning it was more rare. Um, but in terms of raw volumes, I think there's about as many 2018 Luca Prism Silvers as there are 2019 Jaw Prism Silvers. So, you know, something that you may you may ask too, like, is, th is that just reflective of the method that I chose uh, and the increase in base prism grading, for instance? So like in 2019, there's a lot of base prism being graded. I think, you know, Zion is one of the most graded cards ever. Uh, or is the silver actually more rare in 2009? Like, I, I think it actually is more rare in 2019, not from a total population perspective. So uh, comparing year to year, like I just did, Luca to Ja, is actually about the same. So, you know, if you own one prism, you own run roughly one out of 20,000 for, for each. But compared to the base, it's, it's, more, it's more rare. Now, looking at red, white, and blue, actually kind of the same thing. And it's actually exactly half of the silver print is what I came up with. So from 3,000 uh, in 2017 to 10,000 to 10,000. And again, if I, if I compare that to, to prism silvers, that's exactly half. In, in all three years. Green Prism, a little bit different story, 1,200 to 5,000 to 7,300. Okay, so more rare than red, white, and blues. Then you get into Ruby Waves and Hypers and Fast Breaks. Okay, so Ruby Wave, less than 1,000 in 2017, like pretty, pretty rare. And most of that is because the overall print volume is significantly lower than it was in 2018 or 19. 2,400, in 2018 and 3,200, so just over 3,000 in 2019. Hyper 450 to 1,300 to 900. And with fast break, 1,200 to 1,200 to 1,000. So with hyper and fast break, we both see that in 2019, there seemed to be, you know, again, this is estimated using the, the method that I mentioned uh, earlier, but fewer hyper and fast break prisms in 2019 than there were printed in 2018. Why is that? I think the majority of, of the answer to that is just what I mentioned before. There are additional parallels added in 2019 that were taken away from in other places. Like Fanatics is actually a very high parallel, uh, a high print run parallel. We talk about cracked ice, right? So that's 2018 and 2019 only. It's 4,000 pinks to 2,400 pinks, 1,500 to 1,500 reds, and it, Orange, which, is, which was 2019 only, uh, 3,600. And variations. So there's about 5,000 variations, and this is not the fast break variation. This is just the base variation. About 5,000, which is more rare than, than like the green prism, more rare than the silver prism, more rare than the red, white, and blue prism or the green prism. So like the, the photo variation prism 2019 is actually pretty rare, but the prices don't really reflect that. And, and I've got some general thoughts at the, at the end that I, this is actually almost, almost discouraging this, this work and, you know, analysis that I'm looking at, but let's, let's move to, to optic real quick and then select, and then, and then I'll go through some examples and everything. So optic hollows, 
2,600 in 2017 to 3,000 to over 6,000, or roughly 6,000 in 2019. Shock, this is 17 and 18 only. 8,000 to 14,000. So, so optic shock is significantly more prevalent right in the market than our optic hollows. Blue velocity, 2,000 to 3,000 to 5,000. Fast break hollows. Now, this actually went down, and I thought that was interesting as well. 1,100 to 850 to 600. So the fast break hollow um, was less rare in 2017 than it is in 2019. That's both by as a percentage of total print and also comparing year to year and by volume. Purples, 750 to 850 to 2400. So in, in 2019, there were way, way more um, optic purples printed than there were in previous years. Select, I'm only going to talk about Concourse and Premier, um, and I'm going to talk about Silver, Tricolor, and Scope. So Concourse, Silver, Selects, right? Okay, so Select, right, we've got three different levels, Concourse, Premier, and Courtside. And within those three different levels, there are multiple um, parallels, but as far as unnumbered parallels, I'll be talking about Silvers, Tricolors, and Scopes. So for, for Select Concourse, I... I expect that there are roughly 1,000, or estimate that there are roughly one, you know, 1,000 2017 silver concourse, 1,400 in 2018 and 3,400 in 2019. So you see the, the volume increase from 1,000 to over 3,400 in 2019. And again, select at the time, I, I believe even in 2019 was a hobby only product. Um, but those volumes are significantly lower than um, than the other sets we've been talking about, which are which were retail and hobby as well. For tricolor, seven fifty to eleven hundred to one thousand. I thought it was interesting that my estimate, you know, my my formula, my estimation was that in two thousand eighteen and nineteen there was roughly about a thousand, um, and it, there wasn't any kind of increase. And same thing with scope, where in two thousand seventeen I I estimate about four hundred and fifty scope, three seventy five in two thousand eighteen, and four seventy five in two thousand and nineteen. So in terms of year-to-year -year volume, it's actually you know pretty similar, somewhere around 450. But when you think about how how that compares to the base print run um, increases that I saw for for select, I think it, uh, it it's actually it makes it actually more rare, I guess, to have a a 2019 con concourse scope compared to the base than than it was in 2017. For Premier, pretty similar story and similar numbers, uh, just to a smaller degree. So Premier is more rare than Concourse. Premier Silvers are more rare than Concourse Silvers. So in 2017, 600 to 1,000 to 1,300, so effectively doubling over a couple of years. Tricolor, 250 to 625 to 500. And Scope, 250 or 200 to 350 to 300. And in, in courtside, you know, for most 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 cases, there are like under five hundred courtside parallels. No matter no matter whether it's a, par a numbered parallel or not, like under five hundred, actually close to two fifty or less for for most parallels and most years. So, I just shared a ton of numbers, right? Like here's what I estimate the print run is for these different parallels and base cards across different years and so on. But, you know, what what does it mean, like? I guess I'll talk through maybe a few general takeaways 
one, you know, print runs really didn't significant or did significantly increase from 2017 to 2018, as well as from 2018 to 2019. But that wasn't necessarily true for every set. Like I mentioned, Optic was a big ex exception where the print runs really didn't seem to change that much from 2017 to 2018, which makes 2018 um, Optics like a pretty good deal when you compare them to uh, Prism Silvers in that in that same year, 2018, or Prism and Prism Silvers. I think we could look at this a couple a couple of different ways. And I, I, maybe the first way I will look at it is just let's take let's take John Morant for instance. Okay, I've got four or five different sets where I've gone through and estimated the the number of parallels, unnumbered parallels there were for, for each. But John Morant, two thousand nineteen rookie. Um, I'll, I'll just kind of read through some of the the print runs and start to tear them out. Like in the in the highest print run tier. It's essentially Prism by itself, maybe Mosaic and Optic as well, right? 150,000 Prism base, to my estimation, somewhere between 55 and 70,000 uh, Mosaic and Optic base. Um, select Concourse, right, all the way down to 20,000. So you compare 20,000 Select Concourse base to 150,000 Panini Prism um, base cards. It's a, a huge difference. So like roughly, you know, seven times more prism prisms than there are concourse John Morant rookies. When I talk about unnumbered parallels, by far the, the highest uh, volume would be silver prisms, somewhere around 18,000 for 2019. For like in, in the next tier, getting at least under 10,000 prints would be prism red, white, and blue, mosaic pink camo, both of those around 9,000, a little over 9,000. The Donruss Fanatics uh, wave, or Optic Fanatics wave, is a little over 8,000. Pr green Prism and Green Mosaic, so that's Prism, uh, Prism Set, Green Prism, Parallel, and the Mosaic Set, Green Mosaic, Parallel, all both around 7,000 or more. And then the Donruss Optic Hyper Pink, about 6,500. So I would call that kind of tier two, I guess, right, in terms of most prevalent Moving into the next tier, somewhere between 4,500 and 6,000 would be Optic Hollows at the top, close to 6,000. Select Premier Base, so th that's not technically a parallel, but it's uh, I, it's like a subset, I guess. But Select Premier Base, about 5,500. When I compare that to, say, the Prism Base of 150,000, uh, that means what? There's one for every 30? One one premiere for every thirty uh, prisms prism base. Then we get into mosaic reactive orange with just over five thousand optic blue velocity around five thousand prism variation. So in two thousand nineteen was the uh, the first year they had a variation in there. The the base prism variation was also around five thousand, um, as well as the mosaic reactive blue and mosaic variation. And again, these are all just estimates, right? I'm not saying that f for sure this is the ranking, but if you want it, but I do feel like pretty comfortable that we can kind of tear these up and say the the Panini Prism Mosaic variation is roughly um, has roughly about the same print run as the Optic Blue Velocity, for instance. And we can use that when we're comparing prices if we're really looking for rarity. 
Although at this point, it probably makes the most sense to just kind of pick the ones that you like the most or are the most likely to have, you know, the, the best resale value either now or down the line if you're looking to to invest. Moving into to my next, and I'll, I'll do a couple more tiers. Um, and part of this, I guess, is sort of instructive on on in terms of just how many parallels there are of these cards. And each one of these so far have been around 5,000. So so just just so far in the ones that I've listed to date, if you sum them all up, we're talking about over 400,000 John Morant rookie cards just in just in the parallels that I've talked about so far. And I hadn't even got to, to the majority of the parallels. So going down further, my next tier would be Panini Mosaic, Mosaic Parallel, Mosaic Silver Prism Parallel, both around 4,000. Around 3,500 are Prism Orange Ice, Select Concourse Silvers, and Prism Variation Fast Breaks. Uh, as also in this tier, closer to the 3,000, so moving down, would also be the Panini Prism Ruby Wave. Then moving somewhere between 15, so now we're getting to some some of the actual more rare stuff. So moving to around 1,500 prints to about 2,400 prints, right? Panini Prism Pink Ice, so and at least in my estimation, Pink Ice is more, more rare than Orange Ice. Optic Purple Hollows, um, those are both around 2,400. Now the next couple are between 1,500 and 1,800 or so. And those are... Panini Select Courtside Base and Panini Mosaic Variation Fast Break Silver. Um, so Courtside, you know, this is a base card. It's not a not a parallel per se. It's kind of like a subset, um, but it's it's more rare than an optic purple, um, but it's it's less rare than like a red a red ice a Panini Prism red ice for instance or a Select Premier Silver Prism which are both in my next tier. And this this is where we get to, like, we're really starting to bunch these numbers up. So around 1,000 to, say, 1,300 prints. I just mentioned Panini Prism Red Cracked Eyes, Donruss Infinite, Panini Select Premier Silver Prism, Mosaic Red Mosaic, Optic Purple Shock, Prism Hypers, uh, and Select concourse tricolor prisms all of these around a thousand to twelve or thirteen hundred getting to the to the lower tier like the most rare unnumbered parallels um, are donruss optic choice under a thousand panini prism fast break under a thousand and panini mosaic red wave prisms about 750 and then moving a little bit further, I'll just I'll just hit the other ones um, just just quickly. Just know that every one that I'm about to list, I estimate to be less than seven hundred or fifty something something prints. Uh, those would be Prism Purple Waves, Optic Fanatics Green Wave. Um, I did bring in Donruss, and I I think the orange and green and yellow lasers are are pretty low print, but I also haven't really been talking about the, the base Donruss set just because I think there's probably a significant likelihood that the number of graded cards for that set is significantly lower as a portion of the print run, uh, which would mean that I, I suspect there actually might be more of these than I'm kind of estimating. But Mosaic, Fast Break Silver, Optic, Fast Break Hollow, Prism, Choice, blue, yellow, and green, select courtside, red wave, mosaic, 
red green choice, select Premier Tricolor, select Concourse Scope, Mosaic Genesis, select Premier Red Wave, select Concourse Red Wave, uh, and so on down the line, right? Now we're getting to the couple hundred prints of each, like the more, the more rare stuff significantly. So I'm curious to what everybody thinks. This is, uh, it, it was eye-opening to me for a couple of reasons. One is there's something like 500,000, and I'm just looking at a couple sets, there's something like 500,000 total John Morant rookie cards, and I'm not talking about the, high, the super high-end stuff. I'm also not bringing in hoops or hoops premium stock, which does have a decent amount of um, parallels or... Uh, you know, Revolution or any of the any of the other kind of more minor sets or less uh, desirable sets. Nor am I bringing in the the high the super high end you know super more more de desirable sets. So a ton a ton of rookie cards of John Morant right. The question is where where do you want if you're going to spend money like where do you want to spend it and does that really make sense uh, or I think I think it's. A similar, I don't know if it's because of, you know, a similar analysis, but I think a similar thought process has gone into what we've been hearing from a lot of people uh, lately, which is, you know, base is dead, of course. Um, but even things like, you know, the prism silver silvers, I think are probably significantly overpriced, except for the fact that they are kind of the, the flag bearer of value, I guess, and, and, and desirability when you're talking about, you know, rookie cards of certain people. So it's like a decent mix between attainability, uh, de desirability, and uh, rarity. <clears throat> so I, that was one way I thought to look at this was just kind of see like, you know, if I pick one player, what which, which parallels are the most rare, the, the ones that I would want to go after if I'm looking across multiple sets. Another way I wanted to look at it was to say, I took Luca and said, all right, I'm talking about raw, raw prices, okay? Not graded prices, because that's pretty easy. We know the pops on graded cards. It's, it's pretty easy to compare um, against each other. And I know a lot of people buy only buy graded cards, so you know this won't be that useful to you all, but I, I think it's interesting nonetheless. So for Luca, right, I'm only going to look at Prism, Optic, and Select. In terms of market cap. So I, I basically went through and took the price of a raw base card on all of these different parallels and compared it to my estimated pop, or not compared it, multiplied it by the estimated pop on on the same cards to get a market price for that card or parallel um, raw. Okay. So for Prism, Prism Base has the highest market cap at about $14 million, right? If there are 110,000 Luca Prism Bases, which is my estimation, and they sell right now about $125. Bucks. Um, the next and only, only card closest to it uh, and from a market cap perspective that I'm going to be looking at is the, is the Prism Silver. So that raw card sells for about $550. Uh, and I estimate there's something around 20,000 of them for an 11 million uh, market cap. Every other parallel market cap is uh, 3, and three million and below, and that's and and I'll go through that now. So Prism Red, White, and Blue, and Prism Green market caps are around 2,500 to 3 million. Optic Shock, Optic Base around 2 million. Um, optic Hollow and Select Courtside Base right around 1 million 
and select courtside, uh, sorry, select concourse space and concourse silver market caps are about 550,000 and premier base and premier silver about 300,000. Now, one of the things that I think we can take from this is the premiers seem to be undervalued um, compared to even concourse and courtside as well as like say optic hollows. Like I think the, re the way that you would use market cap is just to say in total, like if all of them were valued the same from a intangible perspective, right? Desirability and these are the, you know, it looks nice and so on. Then I would, I would look for the lowest market cap and say, this is probably undervalued. You would, you would expect that over time, the, the pricing of these cards would be, would be, have, have basically the same market cap, right? So the price would adjust to the, to the print over time. Um, and so where we see these big discrepancies like Prism Base way at the top and Select Premier Base way at the bottom, I think we can uh, use that to our advantage because there are, um, let's see, how many is that? 25, 26, 27, in my estimation, 27 times more Prism Base Luca Rookies than there are Select Premier Base Luca Rookies. And you can get the Premier Base for about $50 less at the at the current time. So I think it's, st it's stuff like that that I think we can use this for. But really, one of the things that this kind of taught me is that there is just so much here and so many dollars uh, in this market that I, I sometimes get a little more skeptical about like which, you know, all, all of these parallels, do, do any of them matter, right? <clears throat> Maybe this is why we've seen everything gravitate towards prism silvers, just because we want something that we can point, you know, put a stake in the ground and say, this is the card. This is the card that everybody else has. This is the one that, uh, you know, well, looks nice. Like I, I personally really like the silvers and the hollows, like the, the look and feel of them. Um, and when that, when that occurs, right, everybody will be wanting them just, just as much or more. And <clears throat> that's what drives up the, the price and the value. But in total, like I definitely think there's uh, ways to to play this if you believe that, say, select premier or select concourse, for in, or for instance, like has a place in the hobby and maybe has opportunity to grow, like like I do. So you know, in some ways, I want to say that Prism is just severely overpriced, and it's that may be true. But at the same time, like you you kind of also have to adjust to the market if the market is saying I you know, we want prisms and we want prism silvers. Uh, I don't care if they're more prevalent or less rare than, you know, a concourse silver or whatever. Um, there's nothing that us as individuals or I as an individual can really do to change that. To, to change that. Sometimes uh, the market just sets the price. Um, but anyway, I, I hope you all found this interesting. Like, it's it was interesting and eye-opening to me. Uh, but the more and more I looked at it, the less and less I thought there was something to, to do with it. Like I would love to say this is totally undervalued. What I, what I think we can say for, for with relative certainty is this is uh, more rare. I just don't know if, you, if we can say for sure that it's undervalued. Um, but yeah, you know, most of the selects I think are a, a good deal. I, also, I still think that Optic Hollow uh, compared to like a Prism Silver or even a Prism Red, White, and Blue 
or Prism Green is a, a pretty good value as well in terms of print runs and, and cost. And that goes for, for everybody. But I'll wrap it up here. It's been long enough. Thank you all. Have a, have a great week and a great weekend. And we'll talk to you all later.